Good morning, Third Street. How's everybody feeling? Y'all with me or what? All right, Sly's with me. And you know what? All I need is Jesus and for Sly to be with me. We're going to be all right today. Uh, first and foremost, thank you uh, to everyone who uh, checked in with me this week. I'm happy to report that the team who is uh, uh, doing uh, uh, work in Ecuador this week made it home safely. Um, they were safely dropped off to their homes last evening. And, uh, and special shout out to those of you who checked in with me this week to make sure I was still surviving without uh, Rachel around. Um, it was just me and the kids and, and, you know, the two older kids that live in our house too. Uh, and, and, and I'm happy to report uh, that I learned I am a competent father. Uh, I, was, I was happy to, to discover that. Uh, and also that we made it all the way until Friday um, before, we had, before we had a blow up in our house. Friday morning was a little rough. I, I cursed my words on Thursday. I was all excited with those of you who were at hermeneutics. I was like, oh, the kids are being great. So wonderful. This, hasn't been, this has been wonderful. They're beautiful. I love them. But like, I, I could do this forever. And then Friday morning, me and Sarah, one of us, it was about to get to like where one of us had to move out. Um, but we made it. So praise God for that. If you've been with us, uh, you know, and for those of you who this may be your first time or, or it's your first time back in a minute, welcome back um, or welcome for the first time. We're happy that you're with us. We've been going through this series called We Are Family. Uh, we started on Mother's Day um, with a word on what an appropriate, a biblically appropriate view of women actually consists of. Then we moved on from there uh, uh, to uh, week two was we talked about the creation of the family. We went to Genesis. We went to our very origins as Christian and said, what did God intend for the family structure? And what we learned from Genesis 1 and 2 is, is, is we saw the things, we saw things the way they were meant to be. We saw things as God intended them before they were interrupted. We saw a perfect match between man and woman. We saw um, perfect order between spouses and everything else that inhabited the earth. We learned that, that we were actually created to need community. We were created to, to need family because it's within community that we most appropriately reflect the image of God. Then the next week, something happened. Genesis chapter 3, we experienced the fall of the family. The serpent is introduced, the, the antagonist, the, the nemesis, the villain in our world, the villain in our story is introduced. And Eve gets caught tripping and Adam gets caught with his view on the small stuff. Neither one of them had their eyes on the kingdom. Neither one of them had their eyes on what God meant for them. And both of them were allowed to take their sights away just for a moment. But that moment led to brokenness in the family forever. The order was disrupted and all types of brokenness arises. And now the family dynamic is absolutely changed forever. But God does not leave us without a way to redemption. Oh, now a few more people were with me. Here we go this morning. 
God does not leave us without a way to redemption. As we talked about last week, we have been adopted by the sacrifice that God's son, Jesus Christ, makes on the cross through the fact that three days later he was not dead anymore. Through the fact that he signed our adoption papers with his own blood. We are now fully embraced as members of God's family. We are adopted and what it means to be a son or a daughter is redeemed once and for all. So what does it look like? What does it look like for us to be family? Now, in 2018, Canton, Ohio, far from the Garden of Eden. What does it look like for us to be family again? And so for that, I would like for you to turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. It's where we'll be spending, it's where we ended our time last week. It's where we'll be spending the majority of our time this week. And we're going to begin our time uh, in verse 11. We're just going to read the first two to start us off here. Here we go. 1 John chapter 3, 11 and 12 says this. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. Once again, even in 1 John, which is like towards the end of your Bibles, it's like one of those tiny little letters that once you get past the gospel and like the well-known uh, uh, letters after that, it's like the ones that like when you're trying to like, like pay attention to every little one, you accidentally skip because your thumb's too big and you just can't quite... Make it stop where it needs to stop. It's, it's, it's that small. It's in that part of the Bible. And even back there, when addressing the family, our attention is brought back where? To the beginning. Our attention is brought back to the beginning for how God intended things to be. And John says, since the beginning, what have you heard? We should love one another. This ain't nothing new. This has been since day one, literally day one. Like when I say it, I mean it, day one, one. Like there were no days before that day, day one. It was said that you should love one another, period. And no deep theological, scientific, gross explanation of all that. It says love one another. Amen. Then it says we should not be like Cain. Well, who the heck is that? When we read the fall in Genesis chapter 3, if you turn one more page to Genesis chapter 4, you see the early evidence of the brokenness of the first family. First man, Adam, first woman, Eve, they get together, do what married folks should do, and they reproduce. They have two sons, Cain and Abel. Now Cain, Cain is out here working in the fields. And he's out here working in the fields to gain for himself because now his family is broken. Now the fall is, the, the, the curse of the fall is, is, is upon us. And so he's like, well, since I'm allowed to be selfish now, let me be selfish now. And I'm out here working in the fields for me, myself, and Cain. Then you've got Abel. Abel, the good brother. Abel, who says, the Lord tells me to work for him. 
The Lord tells me to give him the first fruits of what I produce. The Lord tells me, and so I do. And so when they bring their offerings to the Lord, and Abel brings his, which is meek compared to what Cain brings, but it's his first fruits. The Lord looks, looks at Abel and he says, that's good. That's dope. Amen. Go about your way. Let me bless you on the way. Then he looks at what Cain says, and he says, wow, you brought a lot more. This ain't the first fruits, though. This isn't the cream of the crop. This isn't the top. Where'd the, where'd the top go? Where'd the first go? Oh, you kept it. See, yeah, Cain, I see you. You brought a lot. You bring a lot to the table, but it's not the top. It's not the first fruits. It's not what I asked you to bring to me. And so may you be cursed. And so Cain gets ticked. He's like, how's, my, how's this little dude bring a little amount of stuff? I'm a big dude. I bring a big amount of stuff. And this little dude gets praise. And meanwhile, I don't get. So he does the only logical thing. Somebody who's under the curse of the fall. Somebody who is running with the evil one himself, the serpent himself, the devil himself would do. And that is he kills his brother. And so now jumping back to our text, we see an obvious divide between two brothers who were brothers. That divide should have never been there. There should have never been anything between the two of them. But there's an obvious divide. And the result of said divide is one brother rises up blatantly against the other. He doesn't just look at that difference and say, huh, look at that difference. I'm going to let my brother go his way. I'm going to go mine. He's like, no, it bothers me that he goes that way. It irritates me that he goes that way. I'm jealous of the fact that everyone's praising him for going that way. So let me catch up to him real quick and hit him one time. Drop him to the ground. Let him return to some dust. Splits the family forever. And provides us with some of the earliest evidence of the family's brokenness. But by no means is that the last. There is exponentially more brokenness in our world and in our families today. And it's important that we give ourselves this contact as we continue reading and as we go out into the world. See, this letter was written in light of the redemption we talked about last week. This letter was written in light of Christ's death and resurrection. This letter is written in light of the power given to believers by the Holy Spirit. So when John says we must not be like, that's implying Jesus Christ has overcome the brokenness that we see between Cain and Abel. It's implying that our family is no longer defined by our own blood, but rather by the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. It's implying... That when we read, we must not be like Cain, we are given the power and ability to not be like Cain. Who in here this morning needs to accept that reality in your own life? Who in here this morning needs to accept that your adoption into God's family has erased your broken past? Who in here this morning needs to accept That you too, with the power of Christ and the spirit within you, will overcome your family history. All right, some, some more people are with me now. Let's keep reading. Verse 13. So don't be surprised, John writes. Dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you, don't be surprised. 
If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves we have passed from death to life. But a person has no love, but a person who has no love is still dead. Verse 15. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Well, this situation just escalated quickly. He said, if you even look at your brother or sister crooked, if you even have it on the inside, you might as well be a murderer. That's escalating it. Then he goes one more. And he's like, and you know a murderer can't possibly have eternal life within him because somebody who eternal life rests within them would never do such a thing. Escalates that real quick. John's creating a dichotomy. He says there are two types of brothers in this world. There's one, like Cain, that contributes to the further divide of the family. It contributes to the further divide of this world. It contributes to the further divide between you and me. And then there's another brother, like Abel, who just simply does what God asks. That's the opposite. Just do what God asks. Because God's heart is for reconciliation. And you'll know which brother you are based on how you respond to this division. I would, this is me, this is for free. I would take it a step further. I would say, I will know what brother you are by checking your social media account. I'll know what brother you are based on, based on what you said about J.R. Smith after game one. Hey, and that's just the things that apply to me, y'all. There's Instagram evidence of what I said in my living room. Thanks, Becca. <laughs> Which brother are you? We shouldn't be surprised that there is such brokenness, anger, and hatred. But John essentially says, yeah, don't be surprised that that exists. That's like really, really prominent. But if you're going to be in this family, I hear my grandma's voice now. If you're going to be in this family, here's what you're not going to do. He says, this, let, let me tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to murder your brothers and sisters. Well, pastor, I've never killed anybody, so I must be good then. Let me, let me rephrase. We should never do anything to contribute to the further divide of family or people in general. How have you contribu- contributed to the divide between you and your brother and s- brothers and sisters? How have you contributed to the divide that exists in this world? See, every time we post something negative toward one side or the other, I don't care what it is. When it has a negative connotation, we're contributing to the divide. You ever, you ever grown up in my grandma's house uh, 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 rocking with my cousins all the time? Me and my cousins be arguing about something. And he hit me, and I come up talking about, talking about grandma, grandma, my cousin, he did this. He's so stupid. He did this. And, she, and then all of a sudden, she like, she like clonks both of you. You're like, what'd I do? He hit me. She said, that's your cousin. You don't talk to your cousin that way. I was the one that got hit. I was the one that was in the right. But that didn't matter because I brought something negative to the table. I was contributing to the divide. 
Every time we put somebody else down in order to elevate ourselves, we're contributing to the divide. Every time we become jealous of the person next to us is success because we're not secure in our own, we contribute to the divide. Every time we wait until somebody leaves the room to roll our eyes or say something we wouldn't dare say if they were in the room, we contribute to the divide. These are just the ones that like I did yesterday, so I'm with you. I'm with you. Some of you might be saying to me telepathically, I hear you. Pastor, I didn't have that example to show me how to handle all that. Or, yeah, I used to do all that, but it ended up getting me hurt. So how do we handle all of that? Well, we keep reading. Verse 16. Verse 16 says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother and sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Let's go a couple more. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Our actions, verse 19 says, will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Our actions will show. Jesus is the example for all of us. I hear you that you didn't have that example. I hear you that you tried it and somebody took advantage. Jesus is the example. We all know what it looks like because we all know what Christ did. Yeah, but that's crazy. Like Jesus, Jesus went above and beyond. Jesus, Jesus did some crazy stuff. Jesus was so extra. Be extra. Do the extra. Jesus said, if you're asked to carry a bag one mile, carry it ten. If you have been asked to forgive a debt, forgive it again. And then when they rack it up again, forgive it again. And how many times? Times seven. Times 77. Times stop. stop, Don't stop until I tell you to stop. Just keep going. Be extra. Then it gets real practical. Shot to everybody's heart. Or should I say pocketbook? Or are they tied? He says, if you've got some money, I know you've worked hard for your money. I know you have. I know you've worked hard in the field, Cain. I know you've worked to get where you are. And I know that there is no expectation on your life to share what you have worked so hard to get. Especially because you look around and not many people are working as hard as you. I see you, Cain. Love says give it up anyway. Love says God's got your family condition. Worry about the people around you. 
give it up anyway, not because you didn't earn it, but because they need it. In John chapter 13, Jesus says, by this, everyone will know that you belong to me. Why? Because we got a tattoo? No, because of how you love other people. I remember the first time I took Rachel to a family gathering of mine. She was going to meet my brothers for the first time. We walk in a room full of my family members, and she's like, which one's your brothers? I was like, them two right there. She's like, those aren't your brothers. She's like, you don't look anything like them. And she's right, I don't. I'm thankful that your hair comes from, comes from your mama's side, because we got different mamas, and I got a full head of hair. They not. Thankful. Thank you, Jesus. He knew what he was doing, but don't let me get distracted. I say, yeah, those are my brothers. We don't look anything alike. Then, by the end, we're in the car driving back to wherever we were going, and she's like, never mind. Those are your brothers. See, we don't look anything alike, but once she watched how we behaved, once she watched how we were talking to each other, once she, she watched our personalities come out, she goes, oh, no, y'all are all the exact same. She's like, and you know what? Your father, too. He's just as bad. This is just what it looks like for your last name to be Hunka. Hum yeah, okay, I got to let that go. People will know what family you belong to by your actions. People will know what family you belong to by how you love people. Now, maybe this entire series, maybe this entire series has been hard for you. Because you've got a rough earthly family. Maybe rough doesn't describe it. Maybe terrible comes closer. Maybe you believe that your family dynamic, for whatever reason, is beyond repair. So it's difficult for you to track with us or grasp that this is possible for you. That's okay. Roz, can I borrow this? Thank you. That's okay. That's okay if that's your situation. Because God has got something for you. God has got something for you. And it's in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 19 through 21. It's not going to be up there. So just, so just listen. It says, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Verse 21. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Let's go one more. Verse 22. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. Thank you, Mama Ross. God's plan for all of us to experience family as he intended it, is the church. That's what Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 2. God's plan for all of us to experience the family as it is, in, as it is intended is the church. God's plan for you to know what a father is supposed to be like. God's plan for you to know what it means for a father to be there for you. God's plans for you to know what it means for a father to carry you through and be a father in your life is God. It's himself. 
God's plan for you to know what it's like to have an older sibling that you like just look up to and you want to model your life after and they're just your absolute hero is Jesus. God's plan for you to know what it's like to have siblings that you live life with, that you grow alongside of, that sometimes you don't get along with but you challenge in order to sharpen one another. That's the people sitting around you. God's plan for you to participate. Remember, in Genesis 1, he says, be fruitful and multiply. God's plan for you to participate in the growing of his family is for you to spread the good news about how accessible this family is, about how accepting this family is, about how loving this family is, and to do everything you can to see every neighbor, classmate, and coworker grafted into this family. God's plan for the family is the church. That's why here at Third Street, we have these things called parks. Y'all might not be hit, but those are the things that like run through the slides before, before uh, service starts. Those are parks. Those are places that we look at as like our family gatherings. Wherever, wherever you fit in, that's where we want you to get in, and that's your family. We want you to live life with those people. We want you to eat with those people. We want you to do things outside of whatever day you use this building with those people. And then when we come here on Sunday, it's just a gathering of those parks. It's a family reunion. It's a gathering of your branch of the family, your branch of the family, my branch of the family, his branch of the family. We're all together, and it's a family reunion, and we get ridiculous. And then the expectation is to leave here and go into the world and to see to it that at the very least, The people who are contributing to the divide of humanity know that there is another way. To see that they know that they too are welcome members of God's house. And that in this house, the house rule since the beginning is love.